0: Hiring for most jobs uses the same approach that employers used 50 or even 100 years ago, back when most jobs involved people working with machinery. But times have changed. We'll explore that change and what it means for employers and employees in this episode of the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. All that and more in just a few seconds. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to the Serious Soft Skills podcast, episode 55. I'm Dr. Tobin Porterfield, and with me, as always, is Bob Graham. We're educators, we're researchers, and chroniclers of soft skills and their many benefits, If you're new, thanks for visiting. If you're returning, thank you as well. And why don't you tell someone else about the podcast so they can join us as well? Give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast content. It helps us spread the word. Today we're going to discuss something that's been bugging us for months. Bob and I have been kicking this back and forth, and uh, it's an area that's uh, we've been dying to get into. So here it is. It's an epiphany we had about 18 months ago, and it has new importance because of a piece we just saw on Forbes.com. The piece "How to Hire the Right People to Help Your Organization Succeed" is by Sally Percy, and she explains exactly what we've been saying for over a year. So first. Kudos to Miss Percy. But let's look at this a little more closely. Bob, can you kind of help explain why this is so important?
1: Well, Toby, last week we talked about the soft skills revolution in episode 54. So if you missed that, go back because the revolution has begun and we're right front and center. And articles like this one in Forbes help reinforce that we're doing the right thing. And, you know, we just talked about that, that this this shows us that we are on the right path, that the revolution has begun, that the ongoing battles we're waging in the name of soft skills are just and necessary. And in that article, Robert Half is quoted as saying employers are under- undervaluing soft skills in their hiring because of the current job climate. And I got to tell you, Toby, that statement strikes me as really odd. In a job market with fewer jobs, we have really low unemployment. You'd think that employers would want to keep their employees happy and engaged. Having them leave for another job can cost them time and money, big money, like 100 to 150% of a year's salary for that job. But the reality is most people, Toby, just don't leave because of salary. They leave because of challenges in dealing with coworkers or bosses. Those challenges are largely fixable if companies would focus on their soft skills. People who are playing to their soft skill strengths, as you know, Toby, are going to be more productive. They're going to be more collaborative, and they're going to be more innovative. They're going to enjoy their jobs more and knowing that they're making important contributions to the organization and its success. We work w- with companies to develop these situations, and we're helping them a- assess their existing employees' soft skills, and we're helping them try to work on those strengths when assigning work. We also help to see how hiring those with complementary soft skills can improve an organization in really profound ways. So, Toby, talk talk about your perspective on this. I know I read this before you, but you you had some thoughts. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I like it. Um, it it brought a little bit different perspective in, and I love uh, the the quote from um, Robert Half, and and I think we know them here in the United States as well. They're quoting it from their the UK office, but I, I think it gets at the heart of why we haven't gotten away from this technical skills fixation and recognizing up front how important soft skills are because we recognize it in the back end when it's l- later on down the line when it comes time when we see uh, who the best employees and are and and who gets promoted we say oh well they're problem solvers they always come up with new ideas this person always you know gets all the details right so we start seeing it then but it's almost by accident or by chance and i think this little quote you know and it, it said something like leaders are clearly seeking a safe pair of hands as they pursue growth and transformation. And so I think that brings to mind, you know, it's just that comfort with the technical skills. It's so easy, easy to talk about, well, you'll need to take phone calls, and you'll need to uh, contact accounts, and you'll need to increase sales, and and you'll need to use Excel. And so it's so easy to, and it, it, it's, it's a comfort area that we often will just talk about technical skills, but it's really the, the combination of the technical skills and the soft skills that make people really effective in their workplaces. And so so it's almost, and I, I hesitate to use this, but since we're starting a revolution, it's laziness. It's that we're too lazy to think about what really will make our organization better. And it's easier to talk about technical skills and to train technical skills and to hire technical skills. And they're not the things that are going to make the difference. Bob, we talked about these in our book. I think we laid it out and we called it uh, job qualifiers and job winners. And we qualifiers, you've got to be able to use Excel. You have to be able to call on customers. So the technical skills are an absolute must, and that qualifies you for the job. What makes you a winner in the job are, the, are using the right soft skills to energize those technical skills. So how's that?
1: Well, I'll add two things, Toby. You you certainly were as passionate as I've ever heard you about folks being lazy. I'm not sure that they're lazy as much as they're clinging to what they know. People who were hired right now were hired based on technical skills. And if you go to interviews, and I've been to my share over my career, people who interview tend to interview the way they've been interviewed And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and a perpetuating circumstance. But the thing I like to tell people, and it makes them think a little bit, is when was the last time someone left a job and someone said, oh, the widgets aren't going to be done the same way ever again? They never say that. They always talk about people's soft skills, whether it's the ability for Ruth to know everyone's birthday, And always have the cake or always recognize birthdays. Or the person who knows exactly the right time to ask the boss for something, you know, to leave early. No, not this Friday, but next Friday. Or the ability to know when to schedule a conference or an event when the most people are going to come. Those are the soft skills. That's where we're interacting with people and we're understanding people. And we really value them when someone leaves a job because that's what we're missing. But it goes right out the window the minute we start to hire because it's really hard to quantify soft skills. You and I know it. We're working on this assessment tool right now. And quantifying soft skills can be really difficult. We think we've figured it out, but it's not something for the faint of heart. You have to practice. And as we know about soft skills, it's a lot of trial and error. So even if you thought you knew how you were going to quantify soft skills, you might not have the right soft skills or the person might not be able to use those soft skills in exactly the right situation because it's always situational. So with that, Toby, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, it's just uh, before we take a break, I I will, you know, give uh, some of our listeners a little bit of a a break in saying that, you know, we are starting to see it in interviews. I I had uh, one of my prior students get back to me, I think it was earlier this week even, had just completed an interview and shared with me some of the questions that she was asked. And they were clearly ones that were getting at those soft skills, because I, I think there's been some word go around that you're supposed to ask situational questions now. That seems to be the uh the uh the, the, the buzzword for um interviews. Um so we're getting at some of them, but there it still lacks the intentionality. We're not getting at ones that we specifically know we need in our organization. And and again, this uh, article from Forbes uh, was hinting at, or actually very directly at the beginning was talking about how important cultural fit is. Well, wow, if, if you thought soft skills were hard to define, define cultural fit. And so, you know, I think those soft skills are what makes people effective and able to have the right agility in a workplace is that, is it a sensitivity to your coworkers? Is it communication skills and those type of things? So, so I think those soft skills help us understand selecting that employee. Otherwise, these situational questions are just kind of like spitballs. We're throwing them at the wall and we're thinking, well, I hope that person answers with something that will help me understand their, their wiring enough that I'll know if they fit or not. So it's still almost a fishing expedition, lacking the intentionality that that I believe is possible when we look really uh, strategically at soft skills.
1: And, so that's, Bob, I- and that's, Toby, where we're working with organizations, of course, is how to develop those questions, how to first, how to figure out what soft skills you're looking for, how to develop those questions, and then how to permeate that into your interviewing process from start to finish so you're not on a fishing expedition, but you're literally going into the water and pulling the fish out like the bear does.
0: Exactly. Hey, let's take a short break, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this very timely subject, and uh, we'll make sure that the link to the Forbes article we've been mentioning uh, is available in our show notes. Let's take a short break. You're listening to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. Does your organization or team need help in putting soft skills to work? We want to help you. We do our webinars and workshops online, on the phone, and in person to help teams become more successful. If you or someone you know could use our help, contact us at podcast at SeriousSoftSkills.com today. Or you can call us at 937-SKILLS5.
1: Now, back to the Serious Soft Skills Podcast. So, welcome back. We've been talking about a Forbes article and its perspective on uh, soft skills. And basically, the Forbes article says that, and I'm going to use my words, not Forbes words, that employers have it all wrong. The reporter... uh, Quotes research that found that almost two-thirds of business leaders, 62%, still regard experience and technical skills as the most important considerations for new hires. This is despite the fact that almost nine in 10 leaders, 87%, found that in practice, the most successful hires they made occurred when they evaluated cultural fit, which they described as including congruent values, beliefs, and outlooks as well as potential during the hiring process, so Toby, how do we use soft skills to determine cultural fit? I know we've talked about this a little more, but let's go a little deeper what's the the connection between cultural fit and soft skills? That is a challenge, Bob, and when we cultural fit is
0: is certainly a something we desire, but it is a, a very high level item. And so I am thinking about, you know, our specific work cultures, maybe in organizations that we've even worked at, to think back and experience, and think what makes a person successful in that is—is is it? Uh, we've talked about the term clock speed before, and clock speed is uh, a term that's used to describe the the level of change that a certain industry ex- experiences. So if I'm involved in the um, uh, global transportation industry. There's been a fair amount of change in that. There's been a lot changing with shipping uh, standards. There's been legal changes. There's been technology changes. We're seeing this uh, Internet of Things. So the clock speed is is fairly high in that, and it's increasing. So if I'm in that type of environment, my culture is going to have to be very responsive to change. We're going to have to have people who are probably uh, comfortable with learning on their own to keep up with the technology changes, to know what's coming up over the horizon. I'm going to need people who are very good communicators so they're able to share that information, gather the right information, and package it in ways that can help bring their customers along. So I'm looking at things like emotional intelligence for a sensitivity on how I share these constant change. I'm looking for agility, a person who can change how they're doing things and which technologies they're integrating, a person who can gather information and, and kind of digest that information and repackage it and communicate it out in ways. So when I, I am certainly biased in my view on cultural fit, but I believe cultural fit is really understanding which soft skills are going to be most important for success in our environment. And we know there's 55, and so I'm, I'm not going out in a job application necessarily or an interview process and saying, yeah, I'm looking for somebody who has, who's strong in these 55. Now, I think there's some primary ones that we can help identify in your organization that will help a person be successful in that culture.
1: And Toby, we're hearing again and again about the whole idea of cultural fit. I think people often think of it in terms of diversity, different ethnicities, and different socioeconomic aspects. But one that we're hearing over and over and over, and you know this, is the... Uh, cultural fit between generations. You have people in their 60s working and 50s and 40s and 30s and 20s and even late teens all in the same workplace. And their experience with technology, their experience with world events, their experiences are radically different and it really affects the workplace. So when you talk about a cultural fit, it would be all too easy for a person in their 50s or 60s to just hire more people in the 50s and 60s to work because that's what they're comfortable with. That's That's a really good cultural fit on the surface. But unfortunately, that doesn't mean your organization is going to thrive or survive going forward. So bringing in different viewpoints, different age groups, different perspectives is key to growth, to innovation, and improving how you do things. And we often struggle with that.
0: That's a great point that, uh, yeah, the culture of an organization often doesn't keep up with the changes in its business environment. And I think we see some of those businesses go away because they aren't realizing that, that their, their playing field is changing and that the, the world that they were doing business in is not quite the same as it was and need to rethink how they're approaching it. And you're right, if you keep hiring the way you've always hired, if you keep hiring people just like you've always hired, it's a pretty good chance you're going to miss the cues that are really going to put you on the innovation track to make changes and survive a really turbulent time.
1: I couldn't have said it better, Toby, and we think of companies like Blockbuster, like Radio Shack, Montgomery Wards, you know, names that we grew up with, They don't exist anymore because they just got behind and they never recovered. And it's really sad to think about, but it happens to organizations every day, every week. So, Toby, I think that's probably more than enough of us. talking beyond the Forbes piece that we'll put in the show notes. I, I think we really brought some context to that piece because I, and I know I've been a reporter and you know that it's hard to get everything into a short article. So we're not picking on her and her article. I think she did a great job of opening the door. We just wanted to open that door wider. And I think we did. So with that, we should probably end this episode. You can look for a new episode next Wednesday and every Wednesday until next week. Thank you for listening. Good day. And as always, Good soft skills. You've been listening to Serious
0: Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.